You have found the Behind the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM looking at week two in the National Football League. But first, a look back at the week that was sports betting in week one, whether it was a big public win, big public loss. Look at some of the opening odds for week number two, and I also will share an opening bet for week two. My name is Steven Andrews, Managing Editor at thelines.com joined each and every week on this show by christian cipollini over at bet mgm christian hello how was week one hey yeah uh it was a good good one for the book nothing nothing too crazy but in, in all in all it ended up being a winning week okay so overall good profitable week for bet mgm so what were some of the public losses that led to that yeah so the the two primetime games, Sunday night and Monday night, ended up being a bit of a wash. The Giants-Cowboys, we had more money on Giants' money line, but then Cowboys on the spread, we had more there. So ended up kind of washing out. And then last night, we were a little bit more on the Bills. So we had a slight winner there. So nothing crazy on the on the primetime games. But we did have uh, two two Sunday night games where the, we lost big and then two that we, we won big, where we had about 90% of the action on one way or the other. This, despite the the win for the book this week, you said it was a slight win. Therefore, I'm assuming there were at least some notable public wins out there. So what were those? Yeah, so we had uh, a few games of those. One uh, a public win would have been uh, Jags-Colts. We had about 90% mm. of our money on the Jags. They ended up coming through. And then the other one that was a big public winner was uh, Ravens-Texans. Same thing. We'd, we couldn't write almost any uh, bets on the Texans. It was all coming in Ravens. I'm assuming the Texans are right there with the Cardinals when it comes to teams that you're going to have trouble getting bets on this year. Yep, exactly. And then on the flip side of that, the the team that uh, helped us out was the Cardinals because somehow, some way, we did have 90% of our money coming in on the Commanders uh, throughout the day, which is crazy. And the other game that uh, that we won on 90% of the money was Vikings-Bucks. We had uh, pretty close to 90 there on the Vikings as well. None of that money on the Vikings was from the lines.com staff. I can promise you that we were almost, uni, you know, a, a not or sorry, early morning over here, unanimously on the bucks to cover that spread. So a good one for our staff there uh, for sure. All right, let's look ahead here to week number two in the National Football League in the opening lines over at bet MGM. As always, we start with Thursday night football, a repeat of week two last year where we have the Minnesota Vikings playing the Philadelphia Eagles spread and total for this one, please, Christian. Yeah. Eagles are seven point favorites at home here with a 48 and a half point total. And I believe that did it ever touch seven and a half for you guys? I mean, you saw some buyback early in the week here on the Vikings. I'm pretty sure that we had seven and a half across the board to open here and maybe a little bit of interest in the Vikings early in the week. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that comes from when anytime we open it a seven and a half right around the number, sometimes those sharps really like to grab that hook uh, in case they think it's going to go the other way, which which it did here. So, our sister podcast beat the closing number with Eli Hershkovich and Mo Nawara touched on this game. They didn't have a bet in it, but they thought that seven and a half might have been too rich, and there might have been uh, a little bit of action to come in on the Vikings. Go listen to that podcast on our on our feed or. Uh, on our YouTube channel, you can hear all the reasons why they thought maybe this matchup could be a little bit different than the slaughtering that the Eagles put on the Vikings a year ago. And also, uh, Mo Nawara had some very strong takes about how the Eagles offense looked in week one compared to what we saw a year ago against one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. So uh, again, go check out the Beat the Closing Number podcast to hear all of those takes and opinions 
as well. Okay, Christian, the early window, the one o'clock window Eastern time, um, another good day for red zone. It appears loaded schedule here for one o'clock. Yeah, for sure. Chargers, Titans, Chargers are three point favorites on the road, 45 and a half point total. And on to Packers, Falcons, Packers are one and a half point favorites here on the road with a 40 and a half point total. Colts, Texans, Colts are one and a half point favorites on the road with a 40 point total. Seahawks, Lions, Lions are six point favorites at home, 49 point total. Bears at Bucks, Bucks are three point favorites at home here with a 41 and a half point total. Raiders, Bills, Bills open up as nine point favorites at home with a 47 point total. Chiefs, Jaguars, Chiefs are three point favorites on the road with a 51 and a half point total, one of the highest totals of the week. Ravens, Bengals, Bengals are three and a half point favorites with a 46 and a half point total. And that's the last of the one o'clocks. All right. So I want to touch on the Kansas city chiefs here. And I want to ask you a question because each week at the lines.com, we put together our power rankings and we don't do it looking at who we think is going to win the super bowl. We do it as a snapshot for that particular week. So this week, week two, we ranked one to 32 based on who we would have favored on a neutral field. So I want to ask you about the Kansas City Chiefs because they did not look good. Obviously lost the opener as a, as a pretty decent favorite against the Detroit Lions. No Travis Kelsey in that game. No Chris Jones in that game. Chris Jones has now signed. He should be back in week two. But we're still waiting on, on whether Travis Kelsey is going to play or not at this juncture as we record on Tuesday morning. So first question to you, when Travis Kelsey is on the field for the Chiefs, who is your number one team that would be favored over every other on a neutral field when when he's on the field it's for sure the chiefs okay and now i'm going to ask you the opposite after what we saw in week one if kelsey is not on the field after what we saw who is your number one team uh to be favored over all the others on a neutral field yeah now that really opens up a can of worms after that because uh there's a couple teams that are in there i mean the chiefs certainly didn't look good without him at all they had really no flow going and without uh you know, and their other pass catchers looking pretty bad, dropping the ball. Uh, at that point, probably just the Eagles and 49ers, uh, maybe the Bills at that point, mm. probably the Bills. After that, it probably gets pretty close to still even. Um, but, yeah, it gets tight there, yeah. So another, Travis Kelsey does matter to the spread for you guys. I mean, you, you would say that that uh, movement you saw in week one to make the Chiefs a smaller favorite when he got injured was justified. It, it, it ended up being almost three points. So, yeah, which is like similar to what a quarterback would be. It, it shows how important he just is for that team. And, we, and you saw it. They couldn't move the ball. Everyone else couldn't catch the ball. They just looked off. Yeah, for me, just to kind of give one man's opinion, uh, I had the Eagles as the number one team in week one. And also this week in week two, I just feel like this is a well-rounded all-around roster. And if not for one fumble return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl, I think the Eagles are Super Bowl champs over the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think you're seeing a situation where the Eagles have taken advantage of a very cheap quarterback and surrounded him with as much as possible. And the Kansas City Chiefs are now in that window with a very expensive quarterback, and they're having to hit on draft picks. To their credit, they've done it with their defense. They've really hit on some important draft picks. But um, if Kelsey's not there, they need to figure some stuff out at the wide receiver position for sure. So I, I say one and two in reality, it's more like one and one a, but those two are, are the clear top there. And you know, from what we saw from the 49ers, 
in week one coming right out of the gates after they've had slow starts starting three and four each of the past two years before eventually going very deep in the playoffs. Uh, I think people need to maybe pump the brakes on on wondering when Brock Purdy is going to play poorly because I'm not sure it's going to happen. Um, so that, that's just a thought there for me on, on power rankings. And Christian, thank you for your insight on that. Very interesting situation with Travis Kelsey. We'll see whether or not he plays uh, in week number two here. Uh, one other game I just want to touch on here. You mentioned that the Indianapolis Colts as small favorites on the road against the Houston Texans. One thing I got dead wrong in week one, and we're always going to try and be as transparent as possible here at thelines.com. I took the Texans plus 10 in week one, and I did not factor in nearly enough the kind of, I don't know how to term this, uh, I'll just say a ton of injuries on the offensive line. Um, Six guys now on IR on the offensive line for the Houston Texans, three starters. It just, you you can't function like that when you have a a rookie head coach or a rookie quarterback. Uh, and they just couldn't get anything going on offense with with just the the deficiencies they had in protection. So I'm not extremely high on the Colts and Anthony Richardson. I think you know it's it's a pretty volatile situation offensively, but um, the offensive line for the Texans might be in for another long day with DeForest Buckner and company getting some pressure uh, against that Texans offensive line and and the backups that are in there. So just another note there, haven't locked it in yet. Uh, as always, we lock in our bets as a staff over on our discord channel, go to the lines.com top right corner, hit that discord button and you can follow all the staff bets all season long. Okay, Christian, let's move ahead now to the late window on Sunday, opening spreads and totals over at bet MGM. Yeah, four o'clock window. Giants at the Cardinals. Giants are four and a half point favorites on the road with a 40 point total. 49ers at Rams. 49ers are eight and a half point favorites on the road with a 44 and a half point total. Jets, Cowboys. Cowboys are eight and a half point favorites now at home with a 41 and a half point total. And last of the four o'clock's Commanders, Broncos. Broncos are three and a half point favorites with one of the lowest totals of the weekend, 38 and a half. If you wouldn't mind, just repeat that spread one more time for Cowboys and Jets. Eight and a half. Okay. This number on the look ahead was three. So basically what you're (laughs) telling me that Rogers down to Zach Wilson at the moment is about five and a half points. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be it. That's, that's very interesting. And (laughs) I wonder as well about Zach Wilson against a much more ferocious, ferocious pass rush with Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays for Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the number is to bet the Jets this week, but this ain't it. It would <laughs> I'm going to be looking very hard about whether I want to bet the Cowboys this week, given um, the potential protection issues there and what they just did to the Giants offensive line. So it uh, might be a, a very happy New York, New York opening 2-0. For the Dallas Cowboys. One of the question I want to ask you is about the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they were a very small favorite at Pittsburgh to close last week. A uh, lot of interest on the Steelers in that game. And now the Niners go on the road and play the Rams, who were very impressive in week one against the Seattle Seahawks. And they are more than a touchdown favorite. And, you know, often the storylines about week number two when you're handicapping games in the NFL is looking for the overreaction. What team has been adjusted too much in the market? And I just wonder if this isn't necessarily an overreaction about the 49ers, 
but more just adjusting a mistake that was the line in week number one where they were expecting the Niners to start slow, and now we're actually back to the proper market rating on the 49ers. Where do you land in that debate? Yeah, it's probably closer to it. We took a ton of sharp action, too, in that, that week one game against the Steelers that really kept shifting that line. It ended up getting down to the 49ers minus one, I believe, right around kickoff. Um, I think there was probably, I guess, a lot of question marks around Brock Purdy mm. and make sure he was still healthy coming off that injury. But yeah, other than that, it seems like this team's really good. And why were they two point favorites against it? You know, the Steelers there, it seems crazy at this point, but they looked very, very good. And I feel like this eight and a half number is uh, going to get some two way action or probably just 49ers action, actually. Yeah. And maybe some teaser action for me, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so we get that down under three on the on the two two game six point teaser here. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, you know, we, we had a little talk about it in, in the lines staff, uh, discord channel and also on Slack. And the consensus was basically, uh, yeah, the Niners are still really good. And you kind of mentioned that in the debate about number one power rating, if, if Kelsey's out and you had the Niners kind of in the mix there in the conversation of being in that top tier, and, and rightfully so. So uh, not every big adjustment from a preseason look-ahead line to week two is an overreaction. Sometimes it's a proper reaction. So I, I tend to think that's the case here with the 49ers. Prime time, Christian. We have not just one Monday night football game this week. We have two. But first, let's talk about this Sunday night game with the uh, the bell of the ball in week one, the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Yeah, Dolphins two and a half point favorites on the road here, 47 and a half point total. Uh, for our Monday night, Saints Panthers, the first one, Saints are three and a half point road favorites, 40 and a half point total. And then the final one of Monday night, Browns at Steelers. Browns are two and a half point favorites on the road with a 40 point total. I thought I would be running to the window to bet the Dolphins uh, under three here, and then I you know, thought about it a little bit more and more, and I was really impressed by the Patriots' defense in week number one. You know, Maybe you can chalk that up to the Eagles not playing their starters in the preseason, but um, I was very skeptical of this defense going into the season. They got all but one of their wins against terrible quarterbacks last year. Uh, but they showed up against Philly and, and looked pretty good. Um, and I also thought that you know, hey, what do you know? Having a real offensive coordinator actually helps when you have a young quarterback in Mac Jones. So uh, Bill O'Brien, I thought, did pretty well in week one against one of the elite teams in the NFL. Um, and also just the matchup with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle on the outside. It's very interesting to me that Belichick went out and got two corners who run 40 times in the uh, 90th to 100th percentile uh, for their size and speed. So they went out and made a concerted effort to get speed on the outside, knowing that they have some speedy receivers in their division, uh, none faster than Tyree Kill. So very interesting matchup here for me. So I, I just um, I'm going to think about this game a little bit more. Maybe on the Friday Megapod, I will still bet the Dolphins, but uh, just not quite sure yet about that. And, you know, lastly, for me, the the Monday night game, the early bet I did lock in. Christian, you said the Browns are minus two and a half right now. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So this is moved. And uh, let's talk about this a little bit before we wrap up here. I did bet Browns on the money line when it was minus 122 on the money line. So a little bit early. I think anything under three here is appropriate if Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth are out. Now that it's minus two and a half, I would want to just confirm that's the case. 
when we were getting basically close to a pick them on the money line on Monday, I didn't care and it was worth the risk to just take it. Um, with a low total like this of 40, you know, it's never Cleveland for me if this gets to minus three. But if uh, Fryermuth and Johnson, Kenny Pickett's two favorite targets last season are out for this game, you know, this number is basically where uh, even it's it's basically more respect for the Rams on the road in Pittsburgh <laughs> than what the 49ers had in Pittsburgh. And we've already established that we believe that line was wrong for the 49ers. But um, this is quite the the adjustment up and or adjustment down for the Steelers in this game, right? Yeah, they got essentially the same line playing of a way worse team this week. Yeah, yeah, very interesting for sure. So, um, you know, I and I can't say I mean, I bet it. So I can't say I disagree with it. So uh, I still have a lot of doubts about Deshaun Watson. Um, but I also have a ton of confidence in Jim Schwartz and that new look defense. They already had a ton of talent, and it was one of the most confusing things, not only to me, but the rest of our staff, as to why the Browns' defense was not good last year. It made no sense. Now Schwartz comes in, the old Eagles defensive coordinator, won a Super Bowl there, and uh, looked better against Joe Burrow than they had before, which is a, a high bar to clear. So, And Kenny Pickett... Um, I think we can now confirm that having a perfect passer rating in the preseason means Jack and squat. <laughs> so, you know, if he doesn't have two of his weapons, I, th I think this is a rough spot for the Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin narrative, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you still got to have the best players and, and play well. So as long as Deshaun Watson doesn't, um, you know, pee his pants here, I think we should be okay on Cleveland. So that's, that's the early week bet for me as of right now. Um, Christian, any, any final thoughts here? I mean, you know, do you agree that week two tends to be the week where you see the biggest adjustment on team ratings when it comes to the spread? Um, you know, I know we had a ton of unders come in in week number one. Do you think that's just an anomaly of no preseason or is it something we may see moving forward with a lot of teams just struggling to establish quarterbacks? Just kind of like maybe a, an overarching thought or opinion that you have after week one. Yeah, sometimes that does come into play. Just the rust factors of offense is just trying to get into gear. So there it does tend to be more unders in those first weeks. And there also does just tend to be, you know, just the book makers also not having the same amount of information. There's still a lot of unknown. So trying to shape really where those numbers will be, um, you know, tends to be different. And then once week two comes around, yeah, we've, we've now seen some things, things are established and you can make a better estimate of how things are going to play out. So the lines are a little bit tighter here. Um, you definitely have more of an edge in that week one when you don't see any more, but not to say that it's completely gone. Uh, there's definitely still some things you can pick at here. Absolutely. Appreciate the insight as always. Just to let everybody know what else is coming up here on the Lions podcast feed and YouTube channel for the rest of the week. Mention Beat the Closing Number is already out from the, the Monday episode. Eli and Mo went through four games that they uh, thought were interesting in terms of the early week line movement. And Thursday, they'll be back with their bets and a guest. And Friday, as always, is the NFL Megapod, where Adam Candy, Matt Brown, and myself go through every single game on the slate. Uh, we'll try to do it a little bit more efficiency last week. Week one always goes long. We almost went two hours last week, so uh, it's like Christmas for us. So we'll try to be a little more efficient this week. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in here to Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM. Be sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you wouldn't mind if you're listening on the podcast feed. It goes a long way for us, and, and we really appreciate it. For Christian Cipollini, I'm Steven Andres. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Best of luck in week number two.